Hey kids, you like violence? It's time for that drummer guy. That drummer guy. That drummer guy. That drummer guy? That drummer guy. Two hours of the best in heavy music today. He's like, I have a radio show. Go listen. I'm like, okay. This guy loves and breathes heavy metal. The list of names he interviews is insane, and each one seems to be better than the last. He makes me call him that drummer guy in the bedroom, too. Right here, right now. Right here with that drummer guy. It's metal, metal, metal. Up your ass. That's one more thing to regret later. Cheers. Hey, everybody. This is That Drummer Guy, and I'm here to present you two hours of the best in heavy music today. This week, I have four brand new interviews from the likes of Wolfheart, Chemist, GFM, and Aetherius. We're going to start off the show this week with Wolfheart to talk about the brand new album, Wolves of Carlia, which is available now through Napalm Records. In this interview, I talk about everything that's going on in the world of Wolfheart and of Dawn of Solace with Tumas. What to expect, hopefully, by the end of the year, into 2021, the differences in what Wolfheart has become, and so much more. But before we get into the interview, I'll be playing the song, Hail of Steel, off the 2020 album, Wolves of Carlia, followed by my interview with Tumas Wolfheart, followed by one of the brand new singles from Wolves of Carlia by Wolfheart, The Hammer. <laughs>
Hi, how's it going? Uh, that is an interesting question in these interesting times. I don't really know. <laughs> I have no idea what is going on and how am I doing surrounded with all this crazy virus stuff. Oh, yeah, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, there's so much that's going on right now. And, of course, it affected you uh, in uh, the way of uh, coming over here for uh, Devastation of the Nation and, you know, so many yeah. other things that are going on uh, around the world, musically, not musically, just... Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe the times we're living in. Yeah, it's like there's no no guarantee what's gonna happen tomorrow or like uh, is this getting really really bad in Europe? And uh, the virus thing is not bad in Finland yet, but the, how the government is reacting is making everything really complicated. They are shutting down the the main county, uh, the capital area uh, tonight, but uh, and there's no guarantee. Is, am I able to even go to another city, which is a problem because I work in several different cities. So I don't even know what's, where I'm, I'm going to be able to travel tomorrow inside Finland or not. So. Oh, oh that's terrible. I mean, uh, I, hopefully I, it does work out the way that it, it's supposed to and, you know, you're able to do what you need to do. I, I, will, I will always adapt. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really stressed about myself, but it's, um, it's creating a lot of... Uh, long-term problems they are shutting the venues and the bars and the restaurants and uh there's going to be huge impact on the whole music scene i think around the world but also in finland like i i know for sure a lot of the venues won't survive being shut down for few months yeah that's i can absolutely see that being the case and i know that's going to be the case over here in america i i feel a lot of venues uh, especially the smaller and mid-sized venues might be going away because of all of this yeah Oh, and it's it, it, it's such a shame, too, because I was really looking forward to the tour that was supposed to be going on right now with the Devastation of the Nation and just everything that was going to be going on with that. And it was such a solid bill, but I, at least for the time being, if everything is going the way it's supposed to, I'm glad to see it is rescheduled for 2021. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm really happy about also, even though uh, for this year it means the same that if, if it would have been canceled, because it means that we're not going to be able to come to north america at all but at least there is already a, like a new date the same package so there's something to look forward so it did because we are having the album out in, in two weeks so it feels now really weird to have nothing <laughs> like there's no plans at all and usually you pack the the release time full of like uh events and gigs and tours and whatever you can think of but uh now the calendar is completely blank yeah and you know, it's just a uh, when when I do interviews, you know, it's just like a, I always ask what's coming up next after the release of the album, and there's so much to look forward to when it comes to planning touring and uh, summer festival shows and uh, planning where you wanted to go next. And this year, that's all completely gone, and, and in a way, no one ever thought was going to happen. And you know, it's it's such a shame because of that too, because this brand new album from Wolfheart, it it is easily the best work from Wolfheart today. It's and everything that's going along. Along with it, I mean, just the fact that it's getting more extreme and more melodic at the same time, just fusing that together, it's just the perfect Wolfheart album, and I wish I could have been able to see it right as it was being promoted. Well, that, that's that's really good to hear that at least the album album stands out, even though we are not able to support the release with the, with the touring. Oh, absolutely! I I love this and. Uh, in the beginning of the year, I also loved what was going on with uh, Don of Solace as well, too. I mean, you've put out two of my favorite albums in 2020 so far. 
<laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh, not a problem. So, with that in mind, I mean, what was that like to be working on two different projects like that at the same time and uh, deciding what was going to be going where? Well, to me, there was no competition between the projects. I'm pretty sure that the, the style difference is a lot bigger to my ears than anybody else, but... Uh, but uh, since the, like you mentioned, Wolfhard is going into like a faster, more like this uh, melodic uh, Swedish uh, black metal style, even. Uh, so I really needed something, really needed to write something slower, something like with a different mood, a little bit gloomier, a little bit doomy, but not metal. Like I wanted to make it, I really needed to make an album with no, no growling vocals, very little double bass, no blast beats, like complete uh, opposite to Wolfheart. So, and that kind of like uh, opened up the door even more wide for Wolfheart to be even faster because I got that slower stuff out of my system. So I think that's just like underlined and, and pushed the Wolfheart songs to be even even more aggressive. So I, I think they're like uh, completing each other in a way, even though I didn't mean them to be connected in any way. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, I mean, I love the fact that Don of Solace was able to uh, come back and make a new album. And I just, I love the melodicness that's going on there. And I do love the fact that it, it does have like a great heavy, doomy rock kind of feel. And then you listen to this new album from Wolfhart and it's hitting some of the fastest speeds I've ever heard from this band. I mean, the, the blast beats that are going on there are just absolutely jaw dropping that it's so consistent at that going that fast. And it just everything that's going on there is just so crazy cool to see that you were able to shift your direction like that and you know just be hungry for that for Wolfheart to be going even faster than it has previously yeah I did actually check that from my drummer like uh, where's where's the limit like give me a number and uh, only thing he replied that everything can be rehearsed so I took that as a challenge so uh, I wrote as fast stuff as I could play with guitar where when it comes to these tunings that we have like picking up a uh, with guitar in the tempo of 2000, uh, 250 with the baritone guitar with basically almost bass strings is is not much of a fun but uh yeah we really really wanted to like push the tempo and i think that's uh, because i wanted to keep keep the album really melodic so the only way to really push the energy and the and the aggression is 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 through the speed Oh, yeah, and I mean, if some of the songs would have been any slower, I don't think they would have had the same feeling behind it, but the fact that they are hitting these speeds and hitting this extreme aggression just shows this side of Wolfheart the strongest that it's been, and it's just awesome to see that. That's, that's really good to hear. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, I'm, just, I'm so glad to see it go this direction as well too and again when uh, hopefully everything goes the way that it's supposed to go uh coming up next year in 2021 i can't wait to hear some of these songs in the live setting yeah i was looking forward to play some we we had the we have three new songs on the set list that we were like uh, it's sometimes really like exciting to test new songs for the audience when there's uh, the album is, hasn't still come out and, uh, and we were planning to play the last three songs of the set only new songs just to see the reaction of the audience but uh, yeah didn't get to do that but we we were really looking forward to be able to play the new songs. 
Oh, I can imagine. And that again, that's why I'm hoping everything goes the way that it's supposed to in 2021 and being able to promote this album the way that it should be here in America. And, you know, given time, uh, being able to see what else you could pull from the set list as well. Yeah. Well, it's starting to get really tricky. Now we have five albums out and uh, our set is 40 minutes. So that that means a lot of like uh, songs are going to be left out that we would uh, like to play also. Yeah, and I can only imagine how hard that is to do now. Just like you said, with uh, five albums, you want to be able to promote the new album. There's uh, there's songs that people love to be able to hear live. There's your favorites you want to be able to play live. And when you have a 40-minute set like that, I mean, there's a lot of compromise, but I can also imagine that it's got to be a fun set to put together. Well, yeah, that there's a, it would be more fun if it would be like one hour. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, at least now we have the variety of the songs that we can also like, uh, decide the whole mood of the set list because there's so much material to choose but uh it seems that not just that we want to uh, we seem to enjoy writing the faster stuff more but uh it's also a lot more fun to play live so there would have been a lot of blast beats going on at this time in north america <laughs> if there wouldn't be any virus <laughs> oh totally <laughs> And, you know, with, with that as well, too, I mean, it was awesome to see uh, the songs that were chosen so far, uh, being able to uh, see a full-on music video and lyric videos. Uh, uh, how did you go about deciding what songs were going to be shown off? Well, this time, actually, I let the, the, the both label and our management were really, really, like, uh, insisting to have Ashes as a first single. I would have never chosen that, but then again, I do understand that I'm, I'm a little bit too close to the music. Because I'm the songwriter, and I don't, I might have a little bit wrong motives maybe when choosing songs that are singles. And uh, it, Ashes is the last song of the album. It was made to be a last song of the album, so it probably it doesn't really be, uh, paint the best picture of the whole album being so slow and uh, very little amount of vocals and stuff like that. But uh, I, I do recognize that there's a pattern. I, I seem to want to put the fastest song as the first single, like there's a Breakwater, Ian of Cold, songs like that. So at least this is uh, probably something that fans were uh, expecting. And then now that there's the Hail of Steel that brought the whole thing back to the normal, norm, normal like a single tempos that we have. So the Hail of Steel was uh, my choice. But uh, I gave, uh, gave the label and the management uh, the opportunity to choose the first single. Oh, very cool. And yeah, with Hail of Steel, I, I love the fact that a full-on video was made for it. I mean, I really love the imagery and the atmosphere that's going on with the video. It just fits so perfectly with it. Yeah, we, we, we would have wanted to make uh, like this a winter war scene, but uh, it happens to be the warmest winter in 50 years in southern Finland. We didn't have any snow at all at any point of winter. It's the first winter that I've ever seen in, 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 in this uh, part of Finland that I haven't seen any snow at all. So it uh, that changed the plan a tiny bit, but, uh, but uh, I still think we managed to do like an okay job with the storyline. Oh, totally, and yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to have seen how it would have been in that winter atmosphere, but uh, you know, you know, given what was going on in the world, I mean, I love the way that it turned out. Yeah, there, one thing I can say already that what there would have been, but there would have been more blood if it would have been winter, because uh, that uh, blood on the snow is is very like a visual thing when everything is covered in white, and then there's blood uh, spatters and stuff like that. So that I would have really wanted to use. There's blood on the video now, but when you are just in a 
normal uh, forest settings, the blood doesn't stand out. So it doesn't matter how much you are, you know, using it. It doesn't really show on the ground. So that's the, that was a bit of a bummer. I would have wanted to have because the playing parts are relying on the contrast of the darkness and the fire. So I would have wanted to have a similar, but kind of like opposite uh, contrast with the snow and uh, the battle and the blood. But, uh, but then again, it's uh, something I have no control over when it comes to weather and stuff. So it, it, it's very clearly it was what it was. Oh, that that is very true. And, you know, even, even w with that said, I mean, I, I love the effect of the blood that is going on throughout the video. And, you know, when you go from like a video of, like with the saw um, in the last album and just seeing uh, the gruesomeness that was going on in that video and, you know, in you go to Hail of Steel. I mean, it's in a very different direction, uh, you know, what's going on with the story. But I, I love the fact that you're able to show off all these different sides and being able to show off the band and, you know, just uh, all these great things that do go along and fit so well with Wolfhard. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of planning and a lot of like um, a lot of visions behind the, behind the video video thing and um, I, I only wish that I would have a triple budget someday because there's so many ideas I would never be able to pull through because it's just uh, a lot of cool things cost a lot of money. If you want to blow up something big, that's going to cost you big time. So it's a lot of the, like movie kind of things I would really want to do, but that's just uh, not reality yet. We would need to sell a lot more albums too. Especially because labels don't make money from videos because there's no TV channels. So it's, uh, it's getting more and more difficult to get the proper budget because it just doesn't make any sense when it comes to the the whole financial plan but uh but i didn't think that this uh it is really important part of wolfhard to be able to produce the videos because if, if it would be only like a one or two lyric videos for each album that that just wouldn't be enough in my opinion oh i totally agree and i i, I, love, I love the fact that wolfhard is still in that position to be able to do at least one video one real video per album and just being able to show that off because in just in the past uh, being the the videos that have been done i mean it's always been amazing work and um even though it d doesn't bring in the money just like you said i mean the fact that the, uh, the music channels are all but extinct all over i mean i love the fact that i can still go to youtube and see like a real visual going on with a great single like this yeah it's like uh the problem is mainly with the label having the money issue the like but i do uh, what i really enjoy with making music videos also is uh i get to go to really cool places like the breakwater video the budget allowed me and my camera guy to fly to Iceland. We spent there five days just driving around, looking uh, looking for really cool places to shoot. And uh, like almost week in that scenery, that's, uh, where I would never be able to go or I wouldn't just think of going there as a holiday. So it's it also it's a, like a quality of life kind of thing. I get, I get to do really cool stuff. I get to burn a lot of, <laughs> lot of stuff, apparently, also. So... <laughs> So it's a it's a like a very enjoyable time to work with the music videos also. So it's not just like a promo thing for me. 
it is something that I, I really enjoy doing. And Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're writing the songs, when you're writing the lyrics for the songs, and you have so much control, and you know what the songs are about and the vision that you want to have for it, the fact that you can show that vision off in another art form is such a great creative feeling to have. And when you're able to show it in a video like that and being able to have the song play along with it and show that imagery is the best that you can, I mean, it's such a great experience. And I can just imagine from that creative front i mean as long as everything can go the way that you want it to and you know budget wise and everything like that it's great to be able to have that vision fulfilled yeah it definitely same same i would i would if, if i would need to make an album and i wouldn't be able to make the video in any of the songs i would i wouldn't feel that it would be complete because the, the visual side would i would miss so much from the visual side so to make an album complete it, it really needs the uh, needs the storytelling also on the visual side. Oh, absolutely. And along with that, when it comes to the visuals, I absolutely love the artwork. I mean, it's very minimal when it comes to colors on the album, but I love the artwork that's going along with it. I think it just fits the album perfectly. Yeah, that was a uh, we. There was a lot of a uh, lot of planning and uh, and and, uh, and um, things like because the, the album is about the Winter War between Finland and Russia and the Second World War. But I didn't want to underline the war thing because there's already Sabaton and bands like that doing very like uh, straight documentation of the certain battles and wars, and uh, that's not what Wolfheart is about. It's, it's not about like uh, glorifying war or anything like that. But I really wanted to make the album about the war, but didn't want to underline too much. So that's why also when it's a very simple cover that doesn't connect directly to the war theme because that that would have been a little bit too direct in my opinion but uh uh, we've been working with the same graphic guy for three albums now and it's just the cooperation is just getting better and better so uh he he really knows how to uh, how to deliver a really good like a cover and any kind of graphic work he does all the t-shirt designs also so he really knows what we want to have on the visual side. So it's a really good cooperation with him. Oh, and it's so great to hear that too. Because the the last three albums, including this one, have such distinct album covers, and they're so different from each other. And it's it's great to see that he's able to adapt to what you're looking for with each album, and being able to really portray the album artwork the way that it's supposed to connect with the album. Yeah, well, then he he is kind of forced to do a lot of uh, um, what is the word now. Oh, he's not an easy job for him. He, he gets a lot of feedback and and, uh, and weird guidelines from me, especially since I'm not a graphic artist at all. So I don't speak that language. I just have a lot of opinions and ideas, which I, he never said that he gets frustrated, but I, I would be very much amazed if that wouldn't be the case. But, uh, but then again, I, I really love to work with him, and uh, we're definitely going to work with him in the future also, because it's been every cover he's done, it's just bits better and better for the album itself. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And again, you, uh, both musically, visually, conceptually, everything that's going on with Wolfheart right now, it just feels like everything's at the top of its game right now. I mean, such an amazing album with this and just uh, being able to hear the music ahead of time. I can't wait for everyone to be able to hear it in a couple weeks. And, you know, just uh, everything that's been going on so far. It's just, if nothing else, I'm really glad that Wolfheart was able to uh, put out this album this year and have something to look 
look forward to this year, despite all the bad things going on. And, and of course, Dawn of Solace as well, too. I mean, uh, uh, having that shock of uh, the band coming back and putting out such an amazing album like that. And, you know, just having both albums like that so close to each other in 2020. I mean, despite all the bad things that are going on, it's amazing to have both of those albums coming out and try to help be a satisfying soundtrack to be able to get through these times. That, that's that's really good to hear that that actually because I, I'm in a different different like a kind of like time zone with those because I I did both the albums last year and I had different exp- like uh, people who listen to music they, their expectations are in the music or like now still a lot of people are still waiting to hear the new Wolfheart album I did those albums already I was waiting what follows after the release like getting played the first shows at Dawn of Solace. In, in 13 years, the, the now the North American tour. So it's a little bit weird now that everything is canceled. There's like, like to, to me it's a void, but for the for the listeners, the, the music is fresh. But I'm in a different place now that the, everything got canceled. But uh, then again, it, the whole whole world seems to be canceled. It's like, I can't really feel unfair or anything. It's, it's like, like a global, I think it's the biggest global uh, crisis after the Second World War. So that puts the things in a, in a little bit better perspective. So I, I don't want to be the guy complaining about the, I, that I couldn't get to play a few shows because there's a lot bigger problems now worldwide going on. So I'm going to be okay, but it's weird. It's weird to not to be that busy now that the album is coming out. Oh, I totally understand that as well. And, you know, I I personally feel that as well, too. You know, it's just, uh, I feel very lost in what's going on in the world right now. And there's so much unanswered questions that are going on in the world right now. And the fact that everything is canceled and we can't go about our normal lives right now, it just leaves us uh, either sitting at home or, you know, uh, not being able to uh, enjoy any kind of uh, live art in any form. And, you know, it's just, it, it's a sad thing to see, but... Yeah, just like uh, you said, you know, the the fact uh, from the fan base that uh, we're able to enjoy these albums and uh, you were able to work on them last year and you're able to see this feedback, everything that's going to be happening uh, between now and when the album comes out. I mean, I'm glad to see that the reception is coming out there and, you know, it's been positive so far. And, you know, it's just it's got me excited to see what's going to be happening in the future once everything gets resolved with Wolfheart and being able to come back here and... Uh, all the other uh, scheduled appearances, being able to make those up, and everything that'll happen going forward. Actually, that was actually a really good point. Uh, it is a really good thing, actually, that the, the albums are coming out now instead of like they would have been out in in, in uh, December, November, December. Both albums that would have been even bigger point because, of course, naturally, I I have the whole promo work for the new album so there is a lot of things to expect I, yeah and thing is like yeah it's, it's, just, it's just a weird situation it's it's really difficult to me even analyze like how i actually feel it changes every hour but uh but yeah the, since the album is still coming out there's a lot of promo work it's uh, there's still stuff happening so it doesn't feel completely empty yeah yeah exactly and you, I, mean, I mean it's not the same thing as being able to go out on tour and play these shows and uh, be, have the fans being able to check out the live songs and the new merchandise and everything like that and the in-person experience but again when you're putting out such quality music like this brand new album from Wolfhart like the new album from Donna Solace uh, like I mentioned before it's it's a soundtrack that's really getting me through uh, these hard 
times that are going on right now, and I'm glad to see this level of creativity that's going on with you now, because I'm really hoping that that's going to continue on that way, too. You know, just uh, being able to show off that creativity, show off the dynamics and everything that you want to be able to accomplish in Wolfheart and everything else that you want to do. Yeah, I I think it's it's just going to get... Like now, there's no tours happening. I, I would be, I, I'm going to be really surprised if there's going to be any festivals in the summer because that, considering the situation, that sounds like the worst idea ever is to let tens of thousands of people gather together when there is this kind of virus in the world. Uh, so it's uh, at least I should have a lot more time in my hands than I was ever planning, which usually means that there's uh, some new music coming because. Um, Probably this doesn't, at least it doesn't slow me down as a songwriter at all. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, I'm glad to see that that is continuing on, and hopefully some great inspired songs are going to be able to come from this, uh, be it Wolfhard, be it anything else that you want to do, and I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to be going on with that, and uh, with that, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be able to talk to me about everything that's going on, and uh, being able to promote this brand new album from Wolfhard, coming out in a couple weeks through Napalm Records, and uh, getting to talk a little bit about Donna Solace as well too, Waves, uh, which is available now uh, i love both albums these are easily going to be two of my favorite albums when it comes to the end of the year and everyone puts together their end of the year list and i can't wait to promote it there again and uh you know until 2021 and you're able to come back here and uh play these songs and proper thank you very much again for taking the time to be able to talk to me about everything thank you and i really hope we get to see 2021 <laughs> so this whole virus thing eventually actually goes away.
show you just got done here in Wolfheart with The Hammer, off the 2020 album Wolves of Carlia, which is available now through Napalm Records. And before that was my interview with Tumas of Wolfheart. And before that, starting off the show this week was Wolfheart with Hail of Steel, off the 2020 album Wolves of Carlia. Coming up now is my second interview for the show this week, and it's with the band Chemist. Let's talk about the brand new EP, Doomed Heavy Metal, which is available now through Nuclear Blast. In this interview, I talked to Dan Byers of Chemist to talk about everything that's going on with this new EP, the choice of older songs, live songs, and cover songs to be able to throw on in this EP. Hopefully, what will happen by the end of 2020 and 2021, and so much more. But before we get into it, we gotta be playing the band's first single off the CP, Doomed Heavy Metal, their cover of Dio's Rainbow in the Dark. Followed by my interview with Dan Byers of Chemist, followed by the song A Conversation with Death, off the 2020 album Doomed Heavy Metal.
Josh. It's Dan Byers. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, sorry about what's going on here. I'm, I'm not sure if that's on your end or my end or what's going on, but uh, I'm glad we can do it this way. Yeah, me too. I don't know either. Um, it's been a couple of years. We use the Skype thing a lot for like, um, you know, overseas and European stuff. And, and it's always, I've always been okay with it. I'm using the same setup, but you just, you just never know. I, I don't know. It could be on my end. Honestly, I'm not really the most tech savvy guy. So thanks. Thanks for calling. Oh, not, <laughs> not a problem. I'm still uh, glad we can do this. I mean, this is a, a release I really wanted to be able to cover and I'm glad we could make this time to make it work. Sure, man. And, uh, of course, uh, that release is Doomed Heavy Metal. Uh, I r- I've gotten the chance to be able to check this out over the last week, and I just love what's going on here. I mean, uh, the fact that it's such a varied release as well, too. I mean, you got an amazing cover from Dio. You got some uh, hard-to-find songs to be able to, to have on there, and some live recordings as well, too. It's it's just great to be able to see this uh, a collection together. I, I'm glad you like it. I think it's a, a neat idea as well, um, and you've probably... Um, you know, read that we're, we really modeled it after ZZ Top's Fandango in that sense. And always thought that was such a cool record too, to have the live stuff and the recordings, um, just, you know, in case you're not in the mood to listen to two sides of a live LP or, or whatever. And, um, yeah, and it was a great way for us to get some other material out in, in this format. Um, so we're, we're excited about it too. Oh, that's, that's so cool. So uh, with that in mind, like, how did you decide what songs were going to be a part of this release? Well, the, the recorded side was fairly easy. The, a big part of the motivation to do it was to get the track, uh, Empty Throne, which we had done for the Decibel Flexi series, um, you know, kind of out there. Um, if you didn't get it on Flexi, you know, you couldn't really have it. Um, so you know, there had been some, some requests and some, I guess, demand is maybe a stretch, but, um, you know, there had been some interest in it, and we we had the track and thought, why not get that out there? Um, similarly, Conversation with Death was only available on a split we did with Spirit Adrift, so it wasn't widely available, um, not super easy to get, and, um, you know, you kind of had to get it from the band, at, like a show, um, I do think maybe they were selling them online for a while, but so that was another song that we really, we really loved how it turned out and really not a whole lot of people had heard it um, until the video game came out that had it. So it, it was kind of strange timing because, you know, we were getting ready to do this release and we had also, um, you know, let a video game use it. And then the video game got some pretty good, like pretty good coverage. Um, and so the song, which I believe is like the opening credit song, um, also got a little bit of attention. So that's, that's kind of cool, right? Because if you had played the game or if you had heard the song and liked it, now you can actually like own it on, on a LP. Um, so those two things were kind of the, the motivator. Um, and then I think, you know, we've always wanted to record a set and get it like a really good recording and mic, um, you know, everything the way that you wouldn't do it for a live performance normally. Um, I don't know, um, that we would have done it unless we had some place to put it. Right. So then this kind of concept came, came alive where we thought, well, we'll do some live and then we'll do some of these, you know, harder to find recorded, recorded tracks. And, um, 
you know, that's how we kind of put the whole, put the whole thing together. And then of course, you know, the first thing that was said when we thought of that, I'm sure it was Zach, our drummer, um, probably like said something like, yeah, like Fandango, which is one of our favorite records collectively. So, um, that's how it kind of was born. Oh, that, again, that, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just, I, I really love how all that did come together. Uh, again, you know, it's just like, uh, and you know, people being able to discover the band from all these different places, uh, l- like the video game, like uh, the fact that that was used as a launch trailer and in the in the game itself, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people being able to cross over from that, and then, uh, yeah, using uh, ZZ Top is a good inspiration for that because it really does all fit together really well, and you never get uh, too much of one thing going on on here, and it just it with that it flows together so very well together i mean the fact that you can start with rainbow of the dark and then you had the bereaved at the end i mean it just i love the way it turned out i'm glad yeah thank you i'm in it i think it's an interesting journey on the on the live side too because um you know it's one selection off of each record so even though it's not necessarily chronological um it does show you know the various kind of stages of the band um recorded stages of the band and kind of where we've been on this journey and what our music was like at you know each stage so and and honestly yeah the you know the variety the variety is pretty wild i mean empty throne when we had done that song um was certainly not like anything we had done before um stylistically it was definitely pretty different um and i don't think even though it was after Hunted, I don't think it necessarily represented um, what was to come on Desolation either. So it's yet another kind of marker in time for the band um, in terms of what we were doing. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and then, you know, and then the Dio cover is, is way out there for us. I mean, don't get me wrong, we love Dio. It's not way out there for us to do, like, you know, a, a metal anthem type of song. <laughs> but um, just, you know, like, the style of that, of that um, <clears throat> I guess, type of hard rock heavy metal is, is quite a bit different than, I guess, you would say our style is. Um, so that was super fun to do and to, and to tune it down and to you know, add a little bridge section and to kind of make it our own without disturbing the integrity of um, a great work by the master. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I love what you did with the song. And yeah, just like you said, it, it's so cool to see the, the band stepping out of what is, uh, you know, conceived as or perceived as like uh, the comfort zone of the band. And, you know, just uh, being able to keep expanding as a band and showing that you can do all these different sides and still have that core sound cool man well i'm glad you feel that way it's um i think that's how we think of it too ah so cool so you know with all this in mind i mean with this uh, awesome collection that's going to be uh coming together on april 17th uh it's it's awesome to see that um some amazing artwork is coming along with that too i really love the way that that turned out how did that come together yeah, that's great. Um, you know, uh, that's a great... Well, okay, so the Cameron is a guy who we have worked with before. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. But believe it or not, we were rolling through uh, Dallas on our way home from South by Southwest, and this is, you know, five years ago. I don't think... Maybe six. Um, we played a little showcase or two at South by Southwest, picked up a show in Dallas with um, our drummer Zach's buddy um, band 
and they had drawn this killer poster for the show. I mean, it was just like a small, like, you know, maybe like Sunday night show at a, you know, at a local bar club type thing. And they, this poster was just super cool. Um, and it turns out one of the guys in the band drew it and his name's Cameron or, or created it. I don't know how he does his art. If it's a combination of hand and digital, I suspect. But anyway, um, you know, after, after some time, we asked him if we could use that image for our, like our upcoming tour, uh, as like kind of a tour poster type of just general graphic associated with the tour dates and our <clears throat> online stuff, whatever. So worked out good. Um, we've commissioned them to do one or two different shirts um, for us, and they always turned out great. And um, people really liked a couple of his designs a lot. And so, yeah, I feel like um, you know it was just a, uh, a just a guy whose art we really liked, and we wanted to work with him again. So we asked them to do when we did the live shows that we recorded for this record um again we it was kind of a it was a two-day thing here in denver where we played two nights in a row two two different sets um so it was kind of a unique thing and we wanted to make it kind of special and so we hired him to do the poster art and um you know to be honest i'm not exactly sure if the concept um with the with the reaper and um, the woman was his or, but likely it was probably came from Phil, our singer who has a pretty good, he's just got a pretty good imagination for those kind of things conceptually. Um, and, and communicates pretty well with, with the artists. So, you know, he sent it, he, he did it. I thought the first draft was great. Um, we just kind of had a few comments um, he's very receptive to those things. He made some changes. We were, he worked really hard on the, uh, on the text, which was really neat. Um, and again, that was kind of a feedback process, um, between him and us. And, um, it just came together really super cool. And what's really funny that you ask about this is, um, we printed that on posters. We actually had like silk screen posters and it was really a kind of a neat image. Um, and we put it on a shirt, I think for that show, kind of a limited thing, you know, just having to do with this particular live event. And then we've been, we were debating on and we, we, we started searching for live images of us playing, um, you know, from previous shows for the cover. And we, we, you know, we reached out to different photographers. We actually paid some money to get some stuff. You know, we, we would contact them and say, Hey, you know, you took pictures at the show and, we saw some online and we'd like to maybe use one for an album cover and they, you know, and we had to like pay for them. Um, and we kind of got this big collection and we started talking about it, who likes what and what picture is this. And that guy, you know, I'm making a dumb face in this one. Let's use a different one, that kind of stuff. And while we're talking about it, we have a, <laughs> we have one of the silk screen posters hanging in our rehearsal space. And I, I, I don't know who it was. Probably Ben just looked over and he's like, what? why don't we use this? This is, this is it. This is the image we created for, for this album. And we're not even considering using it. Um, so it was pretty kind of funny. That's the longest answer you ever got for who did your art. But, uh, um, it was, it was kind of funny that we were just 
we were kind of laboring over what would be the cover. And then we had this image and then we sent it to Cameron and we said, you, you know, cause it was kind of based, it was formatted for a, a vertical, um, poster. And so we asked him to kind of fill out the size and kind of make it more of a, you know, a square for an LP. And he fixed it up and there you go. Oh. We yeah. didn't have to worry about the live photos. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's amazing that it does work out that way sometimes. I mean, sometimes the obvious answer, like, it, it just needs to hit you over the head with something like that. And, you know, it, yeah. yeah, and, you know, just, you know, looking at it, you know, it's just like it looks so perfect for what's going on there. I mean, being able to have both sides because uh, the, the release has both sides of what's going on, you know, in the studio and live. And being able to have, like, two different things going on like that meeting together is just like it fits so perfectly and really fits everything together i mean everything about this release just feels like it's coming out at the at a right time i mean i can't wait to see what's going to be going on next with the band well i know one thing that will be hap- won't be happening is people won't be lining up at record stores to buy it because <laughs> <laughs> they're not open <laughs> so that the the release kind of coming during this you know crisis is pretty pretty interesting um but we know that if people um, are interested, they'll get their hands on it, you know, one way or the other. Obviously, mail order is, um, you know, it's how we sell most of our records anyway. <clears throat> so. Oh, yeah. And there's always going to be ways to people uh, to get it, you know, whether uh, buying it online or uh, mail order or uh, getting th- through uh, digital. I mean, whatever the case is, I mean, it's, it's great to see that, you know, uh, despite the fact that you're not going to be able to uh, go to a store and be able to pick it up during this time. I mean, musically, it, fe- it feels like uh, some great stuff to come out right now because of everything that's going on right now. You know, it's just like it's a lot of dark times going on, and I'm really glad to be able to hear some new uh, or at least a, a new collection of chemists and being able to, you know, just like being able to pass the time with some great music. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I guess in that respect, it's a, it is good timing because, um, you know, people have more time to dedicate to music and also music's, you know, a great comforter for all of us when, when you're going through some stuff. It's, you know, I've been listening to, I've made it a really like a point during this time of kind of being shut in to get through my vinyl collection, you know, or, or whatever, listen to more records. Unfortunately, I maybe overdid it because my, st- my stylus broke. So I'm record free for a while, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, I think it's a good, you know, it's a good positive spin on it. Um, it's always hard to, you know, you know what a good time to release something is. Uh, it was originally scheduled for record store day, which of course is canceled, but, um, it's, uh, it's, we're really happy with it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I think the live stuff turned out great. Um, I think our performances were, um, pretty good on those. And, and that was, it's always a worry when you're recording live, you know? Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's a fun, it's a kind of a fun piece that, um, I'm, I'm just really, God, if anyone ever told me that you'd be put, we'd be putting out a, a, a collection of live albums and b-sides or rarities or whatever if you're like give me a break you know that's that's not what that's what like the stones do or whatever chemist does. <laughs> so it's it's cool it's super cool 
Oh, totally. And again, it just, it's got me excited to see what's going to be happening with you guys next on the horizon. I mean, obviously, as far as live shows, everything is either postponed, canceled, or up in the air right now. But when it comes to yeah. uh, the next release, I'm, I mean, this is uh, really going to yeah. be able to help uh, satisfy me until that, that next release comes out. Cool, man. Well, that's that's good. That is kind of a bridge. I mean, when honestly, when we... For a long time, we thought we were going to have our new, re- our next release out this year, near the end of the year, um, and so the the release of Doomed Heavy Metal is maybe, um, you know, maybe not as significant um, in the in kind of the timeline of things. But because you know, at some point we realized we weren't going to be able to get the, the newest newest album written and recorded this year. Um, so I think we're really fortunate that we this thing was coming out when it did just because you know it's going to be early next year before we release our next album so um yeah it's a good little tied over kind of keeps kind of keeps people interested we hope um and looking forward to the next album um which we're looking forward to as well um and it's um i would say probably 50 percent of the way there uh this you know this kind of pandemic and the um and the uh, stay the shelter in place orders um have you know really put a, a damper on the writing process um i know ben and phil who are the kind of the primary riff writers anyway um are making time in our woodshedding and um and are are coming up with stuff so on the bright side when we reconvene finally um after everyone's you know after it's safe i think for everybody um you know we should have a lot of material to work through and uh hopefully have some choice choice selections for the remain the rest of the album oh which yeah like like Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I totally agree with that. And that's what's got me so excited about when all of this uh, eventually dies down is uh, all the new music that's going to be coming out towards the end of the year in 2021. Like, all since we're all stuck at home, like, uh, the creative juices yeah. could be flowing right there. And, you know, just like yeah. so many songs are going to be written and so many ideas, it's that's going to be a great time for music coming up later. I think you're probably right. I, you know, for me, uh, honestly, the last two and a half weeks have been um my some of my busiest weeks at for my work you know my normal day job my nine to five and so i've been so focused on that that i haven't even really given a whole lot of thought to what you just said you know like uh, you know i'm just dealing with the my family and my work and you know just trying to figure out everything that we need to do and then uh but yeah you know i'm i'm looking forward honestly to work slowing down a little bit so i can spend more time playing that's for sure oh totally and you know when when everything uh, gets back to normal being able to uh, go and play live again being able to uh, start recording again being able to uh, promote everything in the right direction again i mean it, it, it's right. uh, obviously right now everything is hard when it comes to that but you know the payoff hopefully when it comes to the musical art form and everything that's going on there will be, will be uh, really great when uh, the, the time comes for that yeah I, I think you're probably right Yeah, we'll, we shall see oh totally <laughs> 
But, you know, un- until then, I mean, I, I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time to be able to talk to me here about uh, Doomed Heavy Metal. I mean, I love this release. I, again, I, I love that uh, you went back and got that inspiration to be able to do a variety on this album of different ways of recording, you know, uh, stuff from the past, uh, current, uh, being able to do the live renditions, uh, the amazing artwork that goes along with it. I mean, it just feels like such a great collection, and it's great to be able to see that uh, coming out now uh, during these times right now. And yeah, I mean, with this coming out April 17th, I, I hope people go and pick this up because it's absolutely worth checking out and being able to support you guys in these hard times. Thanks, man. We, we really appreciate um, your support and your kind words. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope everyone digs it. Hold it. Hold it. Won't you spare me over till another
and welcome back to the show and the second hour of the show. You just got done hearing chemists with their cover of Lloyd Chandler's A Conversation with Death. Which if you know anything about Free Will Baptist, you know where that song comes from. And it also comes from the 2020 EP Doomed Heavy Metal, which is available now through Nuke of the Blast. And before that was my interview with Dan Byers of Chemist. And before that was Chemist's version of Dio's Rainbow in the Dark off the 2020 EP Doomed Heavy Metal. Coming up now, we're going to be going in a bit of a different direction. And oddly, it works out because I'm going from a Baptist song into a Christian band with the band GFM to talk about their brand new singles, everything they got going on in their world right now, what to look forward to once they're able to start touring again, and so much more. But before I talk to the whole band of GFM, FM, I'll be playing the band's new single, Taking Over. Then will come my interview with GFM, which of course stands for Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. Following that, I'll be playing the band's previous single, featuring Joe Sturgis on production, with the song, I Don't Need Your Fantasy.
Hey, how's it going? It's good. We're chilling out of the house trying to do school and stuff. Looks <laughs> <Just back> here. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview. Of course. Thank you for letting us come and do an interview with you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, great to be able to do this. I mean, I'm brand new to the band and uh, just dis- discovering what you are all about. And it's uh, going to be great to learn more about that. Yeah, well, we're super excited. We always love talking to new people. Oh, very cool. So for someone like myself who might be just discovering you uh, for the first time, uh, how did this band all come together? So <clears throat> we are sisters. So we like to say since birth, but officially as DFM touring, um, putting out music for what like a four years now maybe uh yeah i think that's like our fourth tour in here yeah so we've been around the u.s um a couple times and we've been overseas so yeah we've been rolling and going <laughs> for about four years <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, the the fact that it can be like a family affair and, you know, just uh, learning from each other, being able to live with each other and then being able to uh, make music together. It's great to see that creativity going through the band. Yeah, and it also helps us not get homesick on tour because we just tour with our family. Oh, I can definitely imagine how that would help out a lot. And also, we have a rule, like, you can't kick anybody out of the band because we're all siblings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, when you were starting this band, like, how did you decide what kind of style that you wanted to go for? Um, well, we kind of have changed our style a couple of different times. Um, to be honest, we would we would do this and then we'd do that and we would try to do what other people thought that they would like or we thought other people would like and it wasn't until Oh, The Horror, which was our um, most recent album that we put out, that we actually found our sound, which is Unicore and when you take metal and you... It's all females and um, kind of has like a pop punk mix into it. Yeah, and so we wanted to just, we finally found our sound and we finally found who we were. And I guess that just kind of what happens to everyone is you have to wait a little bit to see who you actually really want to be. And so we started out as rock, we did a little bit of metal, uh, we did a couple ballads, we did some pop punk, and then we finally found that, oh, yeah, this is what we want to do, which ended up being a bunch of it. You know, yeah. a little bit of better. It's <laughs> like post hardcore pop punk for these girls. <laughs> we just called it beauty core. <laughs> oh, that. That is just so cool to see that, too. I mean, the fact that uh, you wanted to try out all these different things until you found what you were looking for, and the the combination of sound that you found is very intriguing. I mean, I, I really like the fact that you were able to blend so many styles together and make a unique sound out of it. Yeah, and it just we try to pull inspiration from all different genres, because we do all just listen to pretty much everything, and we all, like, each, all three of us have the specific genre that we like to listen to more, and um, so we try to pull influences from those and we just love incorporating everything because we love like the pop melodies and stuff but we also love and like really enjoy the really heavy music so just trying to find different ways to just incorporate that so it's it's a fun challenge to do oh i can totally imagine so what was that like the first time i mean when you finally realized that you found the sound that you were looking for what was that like for the first time it was actually the process of writing never again um on oh the four we were writing with um, our producer eric and uh, he came up with melody and we were writing we were like oh my word like we literally looked at each other in our faces like I still remember um like night little face we we're like this is it and we just got so excited and Eric really um Eric Farnell um from Nashville uh he just definitely pulled what we've always wanted to sound like out of us um and yeah and you can you can see it in oh the four like story uh through it and yeah it still amazes us but you have to wait for the new one coming out because that one is really really good <laughs> oh yeah totally and you know I, I love the fact that you have adapted that sound and you're being able to continue on with it and you know the fact that you got joey sturgis of all people to be able to help produce this new single that is just so cool to see that 
Yeah, it's a really surreal thing because we grew up listening to the bands that he's worked with and like they're stars in our eyes. And so just being able to like come into the music industry and make our own name for ourselves and now that we're working with him and like joining that list of bands, it's such a crazy thing because we, we never knew we would be able to make it to that level, I guess. So what was it like to actually work with him in on that basis? He's super fun, for sure. He is basically um, kind of like our older brother, and he definitely uh, was that, uh, what is it called? Like, pulled off our energy, too, and, yeah, he just made the song so much better, and when we listened to those, because uh, he sent the mixes when we were in the car, yeah, it just blew us away. We were like, oh, my goodness, like, we thought Oda Horror was the greatest thing, and now this is the greatest thing. Yeah, because he's great musically, but on top of that, like, we were in group chats with, all, like, all the other producers that were working with us, and he was sending videos of him, like, playing the tambourine and, like, all these different Snapchat filters so he's just a really fun guy as well oh yeah and that's so important too i mean when you are making songs when you're creating music when you're uh, doing everything in the studio you want everything to go as smoothly as possible and when you have good people like that that uh, get what you're going for that can be fun people to work with i mean that just makes the whole experience so much better exactly yeah we we always like to meet people first before we work with them because it is a different kind of aspect working with teenage girls because we just when we're writing and whenever we're coming up with ideas they're just kind of all over the place and we just start throwing them like 90 miles an hour and people have to have that same mindset to be able to just understand us and like actually know what we're saying half the time so just having people who are on the same wavelength as you is really important and like not only just as the work aspect but also like having fun like we were saying being able to connect on the same level at, at the same jokes and stuff is a really important thing because we're really about like having that relationship type aspect when you're working with someone um to just especially with writing because it is such like an intense, like, involved thing. Oh, I can totally imagine. So, you know, with all this in mind, I mean, being able to uh, start a new genre with what you're doing now and being able to work with such uh, amazing people in the studio and uh, being able to play shows like that, I mean, what's it like to be able to uh, balance being in a band and being a teenager at the same time? We would like to know. (laughs) (laughs) It It can get tough sometimes, but you just have to realize that for us, it's just kind of like having a job, and so lots of teenagers have jobs that they go to every day after they go to school, and they have sports, you know, so it, it's just like another activity that we belong to, and so just making sure you have that balance of doing school, doing your day-to-day job, and then also just giving yourself some free time and allowing that time to rest because it's obviously very important to sleep, and sometimes that can get hard when you're on tour, so just making sure that we are prioritizing our health as well as our fans because they are what help us do it you know they're they're as much they're working so like as much for gfm as we are because they listen to our music they support us through merch they watch our youtube videos so it it's like we're all in this together so it it makes it a lot easier to have our job (laughs) (laughs) oh for sure and yeah it's it's uh, great that you do mention about the health of everything, uh, you know, the uh, the audience and your cells and everything that's going on. And that's why it was so unfortunate to see that uh, you did have to cancel all upcoming shows because of everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, we were super stubborn when we found out because we were trying to push it as long as possible and do as many shows as we could before they, like, called and like, canceled it all. And we got one show in. We got all the way to Texas and put our first show and met a bunch of fans that we have known in the past and then also a couple of new fans that we've just been dying to meet. We know them over social media. We, we joke back and forth, send jokes, and they reply to all, like, all of our stuff. So we were super excited to meet them, and we had a bunch of people like that who were planning to come to all the other shows. We have 
a whole group in Pennsylvania and a whole group in Ohio that we're definitely looking forward to seeing us. We had never played there before, and we had never met those people. We only know them online. So we were super excited to meet all those people in the different cities and areas we were planning to come to. But um, once we got Texas, we were making our way to Arkansas for the next show. And we just kind of stayed there for a couple of days because everything was kind of in limbo. A bunch of shows were falling out because they were saying the authority told them they had to shut down the venues and stuff. And um, just by the end of it, there was only two shows left. And we were, like, getting really nervous about what venues would be able to stay open. And so then... They got the call, too, so we just decided to make our way back home because everything was basically shut down. And so at the end of the day, it's, we just, we take it how it is. We uh, just go with the flow, take whatever cards are dealt with us. And so we just, we plan to reschedule everything because we do want to come back to those cities. We don't, do want to come back to the venues. And everybody was super chill about it. They just, they didn't really have a choice. So um, they really, they were hoping to, like, get everything scheduled again and come back. Oh, yeah, and that's so important. And hopefully when everything does eventually settle down and you are able to reschedule those shows, I know people are going to be just as excited, if not more excited, to be able to see you play live. Exactly, yeah. And we have a show in Norman, Oklahoma that was supposed to be booked. And we had it, we're, we were coming back there in June for, like, a festival that they host every year. And so they, the venue just was, like, talking to us, and they're like, man, these people, they're going to be so excited now for the show because they didn't get to see you in March, and so they're going to be super amped up, to, and hopefully more people come out because it'll be during the summer, and they'll just be super excited to have that opportunity again that they missed. Oh, definitely. And, um, yeah, that that would actually work out a, a lot better, too, you know, because so many more uh, people are available to be able to go out to see shows in the summertime. So, yeah, I mean, if everything gets rescheduled for the summer and you're able to uh, make up as many dates as you possibly can, I mean, I'm glad to see that that's going to happen because it might even have a, a bigger audience because of that. Exactly, yeah. And we... We have this thing with fans, and we call it GFM fever, and um, when you find this out for the first time, a lot of people just, they go into like this like frenzy, and they don't realize, oh my word, I didn't realize there's a band like you out there, I love you guys so much, this is crazy, I have to see you as many times as possible, and so we had a lot of people who were planning on coming to those shows, they were in that state of mind, and so our dad was like, you just better be ready, there's going to be, like, that's going to be double because they didn't get to see you, so I'm just ready for, to get back out on the road and have those fans at the shows, because when you have people who are that into your music, that into you in the in the crowd, the shows are just like a hundred times better. Oh, for sure. And you know, with that in mind, I mean, obviously, with uh, being able uh, being able to do shows, being able to write albums and singles, and uh, get your name out there with a uh, beauty core, uh, you know, with this new genre you've been able to form as your own. I mean, what's it like to actually be going out there and being able to spread the message that you have? It's just it's really. Um, inspiring just having people listen to us because on top of just like creating that safe space and that environment where people can just like let go of their problems and listen to our music we are also a faith-based band so we're all Christians we um, like talk about it from stage we don't want to ever like beat it over anybody's head and like force it down anybody's throats but we'll present that this is what we believe on stage and then we'll get back to the music and we'll make sure that people know like just because we believe this doesn't mean that if you don't you can't listen to our music our music's for everybody we want it to always have that positive aspect so you can let your issues go you can let your problems go and you can have that big community within the gfm fan base and we we're always coming to the mercy we always want to talk to people as much as possible and the amount of people that come to us say that um our music has helped them get through a lot of difficult things or our music is the reason that they're still alive it's just really inspiring and we always want to make sure that those people know that they have a person who is strong enough to pull out of that we're just really glad that we were able to help them get that string 
And that really is the power of music, too. I mean, you, when you have such a positive message, messages that are going on throughout your music and uh, people are able to relate to the lyrics and enjoy the music so much and hopefully eventually being able to see you live as well, especially for people who have not had the opportunity yet. I mean, the fact that you can affect so many people with the positive messages that you got going on and, you know, obviously being a Christian band, you know, sometimes that uh, can have some difficulties, but uh, the fact that you are able to take that and make it so positive and make every show that you do so great and going out there just making the music that you want to make. I mean, it's just awesome to see where you're at right now because of all that. Yeah, thank you so much. It's the encouragement and uh, just really the fans because that's why we do it. We love seeing, uh, like, meeting and connecting the faces to, uh, like, social media and just being there with people and just hearing their stories and being able to impact yeah, it's really the only reason why we do it. So, with that in mind, I mean, obviously, uh, with the new single that's uh, going to be coming on the horizon, I mean, how did you decide what song to be able to go and record as a single? Um, well, we just really took the entire project. We have What we usually do now is we get the project done like a year in advance, so we have time to really listen and um, just try to think over what song we want to release first. And we picked I Don't Need Your Fantasy for the first one in January that dropped, and it was just coming out of oh, the horror and that EP was about just finding yourself and accepting yourself and finally being happy with who you are. And so the first thing that we dropped off of the new project um, back in January was just explaining to people and telling people that you don't need what society is putting on you. You don't need those stereotypes or those expectations that are on you. You don't need to listen to those. You can be who you want to be just because it's who you're meant to be. Like you don't have to listen to, to, to society um, and like, that doesn't have to rule your life. And so the next one that we're about to release kind of emphasizes that even more, and it just is very empowering, and um, just letting people know that we're here, we're not going away, and, like, this is who we are, we've accepted that, and, like, we're going to do everything in our power to just kind of take over the world. And again, that's so fantastic to see that, too. I mean, uh, especially the more that you are writing, the more that you get comfortable with everything that's going on in the band, that you're able to have those positive messages, you're able to have more of those relatable experiences and being able to put that in music form so pe other people are able to relate to it as well. I love that. Yeah, it's just very, it's just a fun thing because people are reaching out to us and saying that, because of our music, they're more confident in themselves, and that's just it's another reason why we do it, just to help people just realize that they are valuable and that they do have work, and these people are finally accepting who they are, and it's just it's a really cool thing to have this big community of people who are just learning together. Oh, so cool. So, for when everything does get rescheduled and you're able to get back out there and the world gets back to the, the way it should be, what should people expect from a GFM show? To be surprised, because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we never know what's going to happen. Sometimes we'll play a show, like, I didn't even know that was going to do that. But um, just come for a good time. Leave all your worries at your house. Walk in that door. Walk in that gate, wherever you come see us, festival or show venue. And just be ready to experience for either 30 minutes up to an hour, hour 30, however long it's going to be. Experience just a fun time and let go of all your worries and have some fun. I mean, our shows are just so much fun. And that's why it kinda, it's just such a bummer that it got canceled because playing shows is just so much fun. Like, that's the word to describe it, so... 
Oh, for sure. And that's why it's going to be such a great feeling when everything does uh, get back to the way that it should be and you're able to get out and start playing shows again, able to uh, start writing new music again uh, after being able to promote everything that's going on right now and, you know, just getting back things into motion. And I'm glad to see that you're already thinking ahead to all of that and wanting to get back on the road and being able to just spread the message of what you do. Yeah, we're just really excited, and hopefully it doesn't take too long to get back out there. Oh, totally. And, you know, I think with that, you know, I think that's a, a good note to end on, a good a positive message, you know, like hoping that uh, things do get better eventually and something to look forward to with everything that you do here. I mean, uh, if wh- whoever's listening to this interview, be it's a, a longtime fan of the band or checking it out for the very first time, I hope that they uh, go and check you out uh, because there's a lot of good stuff to be able to check out here with a, a great positive message, a very unique blend of what's going on there and what sounds like would be incredible show once everything gets going back on there and I'm very thankful to be able to uh, help promote uh, everything that's going on with GM- GFM and I'm, I thank you all very much for taking time to do this interview. Yeah, thank you so much definitely um, if you're new definitely check us out at The GFM Band everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter Facebook, Spotify, literally everything is The GFM Band or Gold Rings and Murph so the website thegfmband.com all the links are there yeah. 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 Uh, we do tour blogs so if you want to kind of get prepared for a show or you want, you're in your home right now you have nothing else to do, go watch those you can watch some online shows and then just yeah, get prepared you can't, can't wait to get back on the road so thank you so much for like letting us talk and have a time Now you'll see 
to the show you just got done here in the band GFM with I Don't Need Your Fantasy. And before that was my interview with the whole band known as GFM, Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. And before that was GFM with Taking Over. We got one final interview for the show this week, and that'll be Fortune Towards the Sunset. This is my interview with Zaki Ali of Ethereus to talk about the brand new album, Chaos, Order, Renewal, which is available now. In this interview, I talked to Zaki about drumming, what it's like to be in an instrumental band, the New Jersey metal scene, everything to look forward to in the future, and so much more. But before we get into the interview, I'll be playing the band's single, The Rivers of Sand and Blood, off the 2020 album, Chaos, Order, Renewal, followed by my interview with Zaki Ali of Ethereus, followed by the song, Pyramid of Mirrors, also off the 2020 album, Chaos, Order, Renewal.
how's it going? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you very much for taking time to do this interview. Of course, yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, it's uh, great to be able to talk to you and be able to talk about this um, amazing debut album from Ethereus, Chaos Order Renewal, which is coming out April 17th. Yes. Uh, I've gotten the chance to be able to check this out over the course of the last few days, and I just love what's going on here. I mean, I just love how thematically all the songs fit together. Every song has, like, this great kind of hook and remembrance to it, which is so great to hear in instrumental music rather than just shredding for the shit, uh, for the sake of shredding, and it's just really great to hear this kind of music in 2020. Cool, yeah, thanks, man. It's actually, uh... Man, I, the whole journey with this record—it was—it was really something putting this album together. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you dig it, and I hope everyone else does just as much as you do. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, with that in mind, I mean, with it, uh, you know, coming up on four years since uh, the first EP, how did how does it feel to finally get the first full length coming out now? It's good. Um, actually, initially, we weren't even uh, planning on having this be a full length, and um, just the way things fell together, because we initially had a, a whole record, uh, an EP. Actually, it was ready maybe a year and a half or two years ago, <laughs> and um, they were completely different songs. That they, they sound nothing like anything on the album now. So um, we ended up working with. Uh, uh, Angel Vivaldi. Um, Jay plays with uh, rhythm for him. Um, another solo guitar player. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. Um, but he uh, he actually worked with us on producing the record. So we sat down, listened to all the material we had. We had basically demos that sounded like you know rec- rec- record ready songs basically. And I sat down with him, and we had recorded and tracked everything, and you know spent so much time doing that. And then he basically just you know. Or the songs apart, which, you know, to to an average person, I feel like that can really, you know, break someone's heart. <laughs> but uh, it was really good. You know, you have to be open-minded with that stuff and really kind of, you know, listen to the, the outsider's perspective. And um, I think that was a huge part of what really let this record come together the way it did. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's funny how that can work sometimes. I mean, just having, like, those outside sources, and especially when you got someone like Angel Vivaldi being able to help so much with with the band, and, you know, obviously with uh, Jay being, being in his solo band as well. I mean, it was great to see that kind of connection and him having that honesty about what was going on with the band. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of moments, you know, when, the, when you got to be real with people, and people don't like to hear the truth sometimes, you know, but... It, it's uh, it definitely you know like he he stuck to it and it came out really good you know at the end of the day and he knows how to work with Jay he's been working with him for like over a decade at this point so I mean just the chemistry was there and you know he he kind of knew how to steer the direction as far as some of the guitar parts the other thing was I, I basically had my own studio set up with the drums so like anything he changed it wasn't like I was booking studio time I mean, I was booking my own studio time but um you know it was it was a little more feasible this time around for me to you know just go ahead and change drum parts and do fresh takes so oh yeah and, and when you have that availability to you i mean when you were able to have your own studio and you're able to fix up other tracks and change what's needed as the song changes i mean when you invest that kind of time and money into being able to record like that it really pays off in the end yeah, I mean, it's been a long process, and um, yeah, as far as some of that stuff goes, it's definitely, definitely a huge payoff, and um, I mean, not only that, but even just, you know, playing in general, I feel like I've, at this point I've recorded 
so much to you know click with songs and pro tools and all that that at this this was actually the first record where every single song is one single take front to back there's no cutting between different takes there's no there's no bullshit on this record <laughs> you know it's just sorry for cursing i didn't know if i was supposed to or not but um but uh yeah i mean it's it's like the purest form of the performance on the record with this one and uh you know i think it in a way it almost like kind of translates to the songs which was really cool oh and i'm so glad to hear that too because when i keep listening to it i was i was wondering if it was done in one take or it was just a master masterful work being able to cut and paste things together i mean i love the fact that you actually did everything in one take because as a drummer when you are able to do it in one take everything feels like it flows together so much more naturally yeah definitely it feels uh it falls together naturally you know it's really important with like when you're coming in um the one you gotta hit the crash a certain way and like you know really bring out the accents and kind of you know have the music you know speak more so i think it definitely you know it, it all kind of goes hand in hand with how i was saying we had a bunch of songs ready before but you know by the time we went in to like really record this stuff it was so well rehearsed that you know it was like i knew the songs like the back of my hand Oh yeah, and that's so important, and it, it's great to see that that much uh, rehearsal went into knowing the songs instead of just uh, wasting time in the studio and, you know, casually putting it together. I mean, the fact that it went together like that and you were able to get it that well rehearsed to go into it, I mean, that stuff is so much Im- so important, and it was great to see that payoff in the end because the songs really do sound like it was rehearsed and has that feeling like you were all playing together at the same time. Yeah, and that's one thing, you know, like, I'm really looking forward to getting out there and playing some of these songs live, because I feel like a lot of these instrumental bands, you know, not speaking for everyone, of course, but a lot of them will have these crazy technical things going on, and, you know, you go to see it live, and it's like, what happened, you know? <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, we're gonna really, really bring the live performance with these songs, and I'm really looking forward to it find some of them live oh yeah and i'm just imagining it and i mean again like these songs really do feel like they were meant for the stage and it's great to hear that too because it, it feels like you could play the entire album for a set and it would work perfectly yeah 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 i mean I, I think that's another thing like that's another thing jay and i have specifically like really really uh i guess um you know as far as we've really given a lot of value to be, being able to play the songs live well because uh, if I could explain it away, Jay and I kind of come from this New Jersey metal scene. We've known each other for a long time. And um, we were always in, you know, we were in different bands, always playing shows together and stuff. But it was always about the live performance, you know? Like, we were always out there to make the best, best possible performance. And us coming together and this whole record, even the previous record, just the theories in general. You know, I think it really, uh, it's its a representation of the Jersey scene, you know, <laughs> in a way. So, yeah. But, um, and, you know, that's just, it's so great to see that, too. I mean, when you have those connections and you have those friendships and they're able to last that long and you're able to also put that creatively into a band like this i mean it's 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 great to see how much uh, musical chemistry really can pay off and it's, it's so cool to see that all on that east coast new jersey scene as well because it really feels like everyone that's from there a part of this record was associated with new jersey in some way um yeah i've actually i've known <laughs> i've played with all these members and 
different bands at some point. Um, you know, everyone needs a drummer, so I'm always out there playing different bands and stuff. So um, I was actually playing in a different band with John, and then uh, Ethereus's former rhythm guitar player actually had to go his own way um you know nothing against him or anything we all loved dude and you know he had some personal commitments he had to make um but yeah i brought john into the mix and i knew he was a great player and everything worked out i think that's another really cool aspect of this record um because this is john's first record but i was really able to sit down with him he has a great ear with um some of the orchestrations we did um He's got a phenomenal ear for uh, for composition on the on the or just on um, as far as like harmony, you know. So like he he's he's taught um, choirs and he, he has like a really solid background with um, with music theory and stuff. And the way when I worked with him on some of the keyboards and orchestrations with the songs developing, it really. I think took it to the next level. So. Oh yeah, and that always does help. Uh, just like you said, you know, it's like, I mean, when you're doing so much for the band already. I mean, when you're doing drums, when you're doing keyboards, and you also have another mind that has uh, similar ideas of what they can do for orchestration and melodies and harmonies, and you're able to combine that together and make the songs go from sounding good to sound amazing. And it sounds like that's what happened here. Yeah, 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 basically. I mean, even uh, Chris, the bass player, you know, I've known him. I played in a band with him back in the day. Sleepless Empire, he was in it for a little bit. And um, so, like, right from the get-go, we all knew everyone was, you know, there's no weak link as far as, you know, any playing goes. There's no no one holding anyone back, you know? So it's just all, you know, everyone, (laughs) we're we're going. When we're practicing, there's no holding on for anything, you know, any of that, so... Oh, totally. So, going back into it, I mean, with uh, being able to uh, play with these guys in different bands, I mean, what is it like for you? I mean, obviously, with being a drummer, you you can get pretty much any gig you want to because there are so few drummers compared to bands out there. So, what's it like to be able to adapt yourself to these different kinds of bands? Um, I honestly, like, I... <laughs> this might sound ridiculous completely, but I will just accept the gig and go for it. And, um, I mean, currently I'm playing in five bands and, uh, even, even though I'm playing in so many bands, it's not, I don't look at it as like so much of a musical challenge as it is, uh, you know, balancing out, just communicating with everyone, you know, like that's, that's really the, the toughest part of it, in my opinion. Um, as far as playing the songs, I, there's times you know, this will sound crazy, but there's times where I'll go on stage and I won't know the song that we're about to play. And the second I count it in, I mean, I'll have a click track and the second I count it in and hear the first note, I'll remember all like thousands of hits. And it has nothing to do like it's because when I think of it, I'm, I'm always associating melody to my playing. So it's uh, I don't think it's something that a typical drummer would do, but. It's because I grew up, you know, as a guitar player, and uh, I think a lot of that kind of assists and the stuff we do with Ethereus, too. Yeah, and, and that shows how valuable you are as a musician into any band that you're in, because it, it feels like you are able to adapt to those situations so easily, and even if you do forget something like that, I mean, the f- like if you forget something mid-song, or if you drop a stick or something like that, it, it seems like you're able to like get right back onto it, which is so important in that live setting. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all That's all really, really important stuff. I just meant, like, you know, as far as uh, not knowing the song, like, I won't know the name of the song. Like, I know the songs by melody and, like, what they sound like more than anything. And it's just, like, <laughs> I'm always referring to, like, all the notes that are always being played. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a drummer thing, I guess. Oh, that is very true. So, with that in mind, I mean, with uh, being these different types of bands, do you switch your drum setup at all? Um, actually, yeah, a little bit. Um, sometimes I'll bring out less toms. I used to, uh, my current setup is actually, like, for Ethereus, I'm using kick. It's a, eight, it's a 20, 22, uh, standard size kick. And then, actually, it's an interesting setup because I have, um, two rack toms. So I, I have a rack setup, and the first two toms, it's, it's really small. They're actually an 8-inch and a 10-inch above the snare. But I purposely tune them a little bit lower to get a little bit uh like a faster decay out of it so like nice quick attack and faster decay um but they still sound like bigger toms when they're mic'd up they're maple shells it's a pdp uh drum kit and um so then my third tom i have a 12 inch tom that's suspended as a floor tom now i mean i don't know i've never heard anyone else using a 12 inch floor tom but it's uh again it's the same concept where i'll tune it low and you know obviously working with the resonance of the, the drum shell and everything but look tune the smaller shell low in order to have quicker decay and like a punchy attack and then my lowest tom is actually only just a 14 and um sometimes on the left i'll have a 16 inch um but other than that i mean it's a pretty basic setup it's set up pretty uh normally you know crash on the left crash on the right i have my china on the right and then hi-hat right i have a splash by the uh, the hi-hat also and then uh you know just my double bass pedal my snare drum i used to do all sorts of crazy stuff but i guess as you get older your drum kit gets smaller and smaller <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, when you finally get to that point where you're having roadies on stage taking care of the kid for you, I mean, over time, you eventually just want to be able to get off and on the stage as quick as possible when setting up. So having a smaller kid always helps with that. And I love the fact that you are using uh, smaller toms because I've always been a bigger fan of that. I mean, obviously, when you have like the bigger, deeper drums, it has like that great, great bass sound to it. But I always feel like you get more musical tone out of the smaller toms and it was, it's great to see that you use that in your setup yeah i mean i always love the sound of big toms but that's the thing a lot of people would be surprised because they hear the stuff on the record and they're like damn what size toms are you using i'm like actually that's just an eight inch tom <laughs> in tennis tom. the thing is um the the type of wood your drum is made out of is also uh plays a role in you know like the characteristic you're gonna get out of these different sizes so because my kit's a maple kit the maple will have a slightly warmer characteristic to it but it, you know also keeping in mind that it's tuned significantly lower than um i guess a typical drummer would but you know it's uh it sounds it translates well to recording this is after years and years of you know again working in the studio with pro tools and micing up so many different drum kits and stuff so it's just you know i thought it translated really well with this band as far as any other bands i don't really i mean sometimes i'll swap out the 14 inch tom for 16 if i'm doing anything different um but you know same usually i'll keep two crashes one time sometimes i'll even take out a crash um i think the biggest difference really comes down to uh whether i'm triggering or not 
lot. Um, with Ethereum, so I definitely trigger. Um, the music is just so fast that, you know, it's it's more of a production thing. It's not, you know, like the hits aren't loud or you know, whatever. But um, as far as some of, some of the slower bins, um, slower bins, I, I guess, yeah, some of the stuff where I'm not doing like 16th notes, at, like over 200 beats per minute for, you know, whatever amount of time, then it'll cut through the mix a lot better if it's, if it's mic'd up rather than triggered, so... That's another, that's probably like the biggest difference between the different setups and stuff. And what's that like for you? I mean, when you do uh, trigger against uh, non-triggering, uh, have you noticed anything different as far as like uh, the sound or how you enjoy playing or anything like that? Or does it both feel natural? Well, either way, um, I, I'm playing the same kick drum on both setups. So I'll play the same way as if I'm playing, as if I were mic'd up when I trigger. Um, the only difference is, uh, I, I guess it depends on, it depends on the stage too. Um, because I've played, you know, the sound guy makes a huge difference, obviously. Um, I played some awesome venues with great sound guys when my kick drums mic'd up. I remember back in 2012, 2011, 2012, I played Bamboozle Festival with this, with another band, Darkness Descends, and I just had the kick mic'd up, but it sounded so good. I remember there was a, there was a monitor, it was just like the size of my drum kit, actually. And every time I hit that kick drum, you feel the whole kick drum through your body, you know, like, it's, uh, almost like quantizes you to the <laughs> I don't even know, but um, you know, it really comes down to the the system you're using. I feel like that that feeling I'm talking about with the you know feeling the kick drum, it's it happens a little easier with the triggers um, at a bigger venue than, than not. But you know, it just makes the hits consistent and not consistent. Um, it just makes them really cut through the mix. Like people are always asking what the difference, which is you know why you trigger and like if you're trigger you can't play drums and this and that. But the real thing, the real um, I guess the 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 physical behind it if you want to call it that is that the sound envelope of every kick drum hit is not even finishing when you have your kick drum mic'd up if you're playing 16th notes over 160 beats per minute whereas if you have a sample your sound envelope you're having a new sample for every single hit and so by doing that it allows it to cut through the mix and that's like essential to having the, the sound translate live and that's really all it's about so um yeah i mean <laughs> it's not because you know you can't play or this and that it's just paying attention to the, the live production of it. Oh, totally. I mean, there's there's some bands where it feels so natural to just have a, a regular mic inside the drum. Uh, other ones, uh, you know, having it outside the bass drum, and then other times triggering it. You know, it's just like yeah. it, it all depends on the flow of the band and, you know, the speed that you're looking for as well. And just, uh, yeah, and especially like in something like Ethereus, when you do have a lot of great speed and a lot of uh, cool 16th notes that are going on there. I mean, you want those to actually be heard rather than just sound like a gargled mess exactly yeah that's that's all it is you know i mean i do like the combination of miking and kick uh the trigger sometimes if a sound guy will do it but if not um at this point the trigger i finally have it dialed in it's been like my biggest battle getting that <laughs> getting that to be accurate and perfect you know like took so many years but i think i finally got it right oh that's great to hear and yeah, and hopefully, you know, that will continue on as well, too, you know, making sure that you get all those sounds that you're looking for in the in the live setting, too. You know, it's like it's so important when you're going through different venues and how much things can change. But, uh, you know, just like uh, getting the sounds that you're looking for and getting everything set up that way that I mean, all of that can be so important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, you know, it goes back to just how helpful it is being, you know, 
having a studio and just knowing which samples blend with my drum kit well and how that works with the band sound and what to have to give to a sound guy when you go on a live studying so that they have what they need to work with and then you know it all comes together really nicely oh definitely <laughs> And, you know, that's also the disappointing thing that was going on, too, you know, and as far as the live setting, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, having, uh, sadly having to see uh, the cancellation of that amazing tour that was uh, just going to be coming up uh, not too soon, uh, not too far away. But I'm glad to see that the things will be uh, po postponed and uh, be able to happen in the future because that's such a solid bill that got put together. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it. You know, it's really unfortunate with what's going on right now. I hope everyone's, you know, safe out there, and, you know we gotta just postpone it honestly at the end of the day it's better for, for the people you know like if it you know like if it prevents people more people from getting sick then then that's that's more important than anything so oh, oh very much so and it, it'll make those shows uh that much more uh special when they finally do happen again you know uh, uh, absolutely yeah and, you know, I think with that, I think that's an amazing note to end on, you know, just like that hopeful note of everything coming back uh, to the way that it should be and being able to do this awesome tour and being able to promote this album in a live setting because it is that good. It deserves that live presence. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be able to talk to me about everything yeah, that's going on in the world of Aetherius. And of course, uh, the new album, Chaos Order Renewal, uh, coming out April 17th. I love this album from start to finish. I just love what you guys do and it was awesome to be able to talk to you about all of it of course man thank you thank you thank you for your time oh not a problem uh, before we're done is there anything else you'd like to mention that i hadn't brought up yet um uh, album's out april 17th we'll have new dates posted hopefully sooner than later you know the world doesn't end <laughs> um i guess uh yeah i mean we got everything covered
Welcome back to the ending of the show. You just got done hearing Ethereus with Pyramid of Mirrors. Off the 2020 album, Chaos, Order, Renewal, which is available now. And before that was my interview with drummer Zachy Ali of Ethereus. And before that was Ethereus with the rivers of sand and blood. Off the 2020 album, Chaos, Order, Renewal. Not just what does it for the show this week. Thank you so very much for tuning in and checking out my interviews with Wolfheart, Chemist, GFM, and Ethereus. Make sure to tune in next week for two hours of the best in heavy music today. Go to thatdrummerguy.com for all of your drummer guy needs. Go to Spotify to be able to check out that drummer guy's song of the day. And until next week, this is that drummer guy saying, see ya. This has been my show as that drummer guy. Tune in next week for another two hours of the best in heavy music today. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, Spotify, and TuneIn. For music submission, interview submission, or any other information for that drummer guy, email that drummer guy at that one drummer guy at gmail.com or that drummer guy PR at gmail.com. Make sure to follow that drummer guy on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, thatdrummerguy.com for all your drummer guy needs. Intro and outro music is provided by Club Kicker. Support Club Kicker at clubkickermusic.bandcamp.com. That Drummer Guy is a creation of Josh Rockquist. Any other use of that drummer guy without consent is prohibited. All rights reserved. Until next time. Hang in there, stay positive. It's worth the fight.